What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining us for another episode. Got Elliot by my side. And um, before we jump into the podcast, we want to throw a big shout out to all of our partners and especially to all you guys um, for sticking with us every week. Our listeners, our avid followers, you guys are awesome. So, um, real quick, let's throw a big thanks to all our partners and let's start with Boss Shot Shell. Um, big thanks to those guys um, out there. Michigan, American made company. The Boss, copper-plated Boss Bismuth, and Elliot's kind of slogan for this week, um, when killing them is just not enough Boss Shot Shell. And he was shooting the teal at 10 to 15 yards, and it was a bloodbath. So, um, you know, just going to give us more and more confidence for these big honkers and big ducks going into season. I'm so pumped to be using Boss Shot Shell this season and a great partner to have. Another partner we've got is HTR Innovations. This is my old buddy Jordan's company, you know, and uh, uh, when he started working there, he was sending me some some products to, to try out. And, you know, I can honestly tell you I fell in love. I like all the products, but I fell in love with the Layout Lounge, which is an insert that goes into your kayak or layout boat. Also, it's used for field, um, field hunting, but they've also got A-frames, um, gun stands, uh, and and the quack pack now the quack pack is basically the layout pad or the layout lounge except uh, more mobile so that you can carry it in and get a couple dozen decoys um, use the promo code duck gun that's duck space gun for 10% off and free shipping certainly uh, products that you should go and take a look at awesome um, next big thanks to gunner kennels and you know can't speak highly enough about them and their product American made as well um, and I've been doing a lot of traveling this season and got a lot more traveling to do but definitely gives me some peace of mind to know that Chief is so well protected um, whether he's um, in the back of the truck or whether he's in the bed of the truck or in another vehicle you know I have him riding the gunner kennel so I know that he's safe from place to place and you know your hunting dog is really an investment not only in time and money a lot of times so it's just super important and you know uh, like I said, five-star crash test rated, uh, double wall roto molded. And it's just something that we're super glad to be a, a part of and partnered with, um, a great company like them, um, with Elliot and I, you know, Georgie and chief and Izzy, we're going to be able to keep all of our dogs safe, um, using gunner kennels. And so make sure to use the promo code DuckGun10 at checkout. And there's a space between duck gun and 10 for 10% off your purchase. You know, guys, during this summer, we were contacted by a man named Brent Birch, and he told us that he had written a book called The Grand Prairie, A History of Duck Hunting's Hollow Ground, and he offered to send us out a book, and he did that, and I'll tell you, I got to reading this book, and it is all about the history of Arkansas duck hunting. We ended up having him on the podcast, and it is a phenomenal read. Now, perhaps no other place on the planet is as steeped in duck hunting tradition as the Grand Prairie region of Arkansas. To the people there, duck hunting is a way of life, not just a season. From the first rice crop grown in 1904 to the famed green timber, the book contains over 340 pages dealing with the people, places, and events that earned the region the title of the duck hunting capital of the world. Spectacular photography accompanies engaging content written to educate readers on how the Grand Prairie came to be and has sustained the reputation for world-class mallard duck hunting. A must-have for the duck, gun, duck camp, the office, or for just off-season duck hunting fix. Fans of freelance duck hunting and the Duck Hunt podcast can receive free shipping if you use the code FDHFDG19 at checkout for the month of September and also the month of October. Guys, this is a great read whether you've been to Arkansas or not. It is fascinating, the history of duck hunting in Arkansas. Um, head on over and check out Brent Birch's book um, as soon as you can. Awesome. Also, we'd like to give a big thanks out to Bandit, Avery, and uh, Greenhead Gear. So um, with duck season rolling in and even the Kansas hunts, we've definitely got um, a chance to, you know, give uh, some of their products a try. You know, um, one of our favorites is the Red Zone 2.0 waders. Um, Elliot and I both are loving those um, as well as this week. You know, I'll be throwing out a lot of those GHG 
Pro Mallard decoys with the big season opener heading up to Michigan. Um, so definitely a big thanks to those guys. Quality um, hunting gear for waterfowl. So definitely check those guys out um, at banded.com, Avery and Greenhead Gears. Hi guys, one thing that Jordan and I have learned um, over the last couple of years of doing YouTube videos and the podcast is that we don't ever want to have partners or sponsors unless we really believe in the product. And I'll tell you, um, we just started partnering with Motion Ducks and I tried this product for the first time a couple hunts ago and I was honestly blown away by this new Motion system. It's a, basically a jerk rig. It's the next level of jerk rig. You can either use four ducks or seven ducks spreader system. It is the most lifelike motion because these ducks move actually in a flock. The traditional jerk rigs, you have them in a line and they just never, never looked right. But with the motion duck system, it looks like you actually have a flock out there. In fact, it sets up in seconds. It's highly mobile. And this year we've been, we've been racking our brains to try to figure out how to shoot more ducks on no wind days and one thing i'm going to try this year i've got that seven duck spreader which is the one that i would advise for you to use is i'm going to go with about a dozen maybe dozen and a half decoys seven of them being on the motion duck spreader system and that's all i'm going to put out there on any wind that's like below six miles an hour and i think we is going to drastically increase our success this product is the real deal guys i'm sure you've probably seen it and wondering how good it is go out there and check out this item uh, with the promo code all caps duck gun you get 10 percent off free shipping and a free anchor bag go and get yourself one before the season starts and again big thanks to all you guys all the listeners um you guys are what makes all this possible so um, appreciate you guys checking out our partners whenever you have a chance um and definitely letting them know we sent you um definitely helps us and the duck gun podcast as well as freelance duck hunting youtube duck gun chronicles youtube helps us keep the lights on keeps the content rolling out so thank you to all you guys and um, definitely think this is a good point to jump into the podcast but before we do that guys i just want to mention um you know with elliot's move into the new house we are having a little bit of connection issues so appreciate you guys um suffering through that a little bit but we are in the works to fix it but in the meantime as they say the show must go on so we're doing our best to keep pumping out the content but just so you know we are working on those um and it should be it should be fixed by the next one um, fingers crossed, but we, we're pretty optimistic it should be. So anyways, guys, let's jump into the podcast. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? The best part of your week starts now. <laughs> I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles with my co-host alongside me, Elliot Graybeard from Freelance Duckening. How are you doing tonight, Elliot? I'm doing pretty good. I'd have to agree that I, these podcasts are fun to hang out with these guys and get this stuff. It's, it's uh, great, man. It is the best part of the week starting out. It's all downhill for the weekend. <laughs> So and uh, we don't we, we don't mention this a lot. We like the the live stream to kind of be a behind the scenes kind of um, action that you guys can jump in on. But I, you know, I think this is a good time as any to let you guys know um, we live stream this every time we're recording them, or almost every time. I'll say like ninety percent of the time we record these. They're live streamed over on the Duck or on Duck Gun Chronicles. Can't even say my own name. Duck Gun Chronicles <laughs> YouTube channel. Um, so if you guys want to jump over there and tune in get the behind the scenes we kind of just let it roll there while we're recording the podcast um it's great you know seeing the interaction and and that's actually we got bobby sway swaney bobby swaney mentioned that so that was the tagline this week the best party week starts now so awesome so what, what you been up to elliot <laughs> oh well i went back to hunt central kansas this past weekend and that video turned turned out um i was pleased i was pleased with the feel of the video and some of the it's so cool to show a hunt where you think it's going to suck and it turns out really good so yeah yeah i'm still kind of riding high that that hunt and i'll get more into more of this later was as emotionally satisfying as they come i'll have to say awesome 
Yeah, and, and you know, other big news too for you. And we'll get into the hunt. I'll, I'll kind of leave the questions and all that because I got definitely got some questions about it too. But um, you know, another major thing. I don't know. I, we've kind of mentioned it from time to time, but um, you're all moved into your house and you got the sweet podcast room set up. And yeah, you want you want to talk about that a little bit? Or? Yep. Yep. Well, we man, we've this move. I am so glad that it's over, and it still has like a trickle effect. Like it's still there's crap to do during the night, so. I've yet into my zone of just coming back and hanging out at home and editing and everything, but um, it's all done. And the coolest thing about this house is that it's got a, I've never had a big master bedroom. It's got a big master bedroom, big master bath. And then right off the master bedroom, like connected inside the master bedroom is this whole other room. That's just, my wife was like, all right, yeah, let's make that into your podcast room. So I've got this whole other room with my mounts up and all these pic sentimental pictures to myself and everything. And I'm living in the country now. So Got a new truck, got a new phone. Every, man, I'll tell you what, it's a blessing. I feel <laughs> everything's going great right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, going, yeah. I've seen a little bit of pictures and, and uh, you know, a little bit of video from you. But, man, it looks like you got a, a sweet house and a sweet setup. So, you know. I'm happy with it. I'm definitely – I'm going to do a video on it soon. Just kind of – I think I'm going to attach that part into, like, a review video. Um, I've got this really cool um, item I'm going to be reviewing – um, and so I think I'm going to attach kind of a house tour into that video. So week awesome. or so probably. Sweet. Looking forward to that, but definitely, definitely congratulations on all that. I know like that's a huge life change and yeah. Um, I'm happy for you. I appreciate it. I'm, I, hey. you know, I've always wanted to live in the country, so. And you know what else? Part. You got a new truck too. <laughs> yep. Yeah, better truck than I ever dreamed of that I would. That's the by far the best truck I've ever had. And I, so on the hunt this weekend, I took um, an Ascend H12, an Old Town Canoe, um, the A frame, two coolers, all my camping supply, and I still had room in the bed of the truck. So there you go. It thing passed the test. Big. That's time. awesome. Yeah, it's a Ford 2014 Ford F150. XLT six and a half foot bed. So I'm just in love with this thing. Yeah, no, that's good for sure. I, that looks like a sweet one. I haven't seen an actual picture. I've definitely seen it in the video, but you know, when you get a chance, just either drop one. I thought of the I sent you a picture. Or... I'm pretty sure. I oh sent yeah, you a yeah, yeah. You did side profile. Now I remember. Okay. Yeah. You're right. So cool. All right. Well, I guess let's go ahead and jump into the hunt reviews. Um, you know, for you guys who haven't hit up any of the hunt reviews, we started up them again this year. Um, something we love to do is kind of keep you guys up to date and, and kind of journal audio log our hunts and just, you know, something that we can go back to and listen to. And so, um, you know, it's something that I know you guys are going to love all season long us talking about our hunts. So we're going to keep that rolling and, um, keep them up to date. So we need to jump back. The last one we missed was, um, the end of the Kaz the Kansas hunt. So, um, you know, I'll just go ahead and, and, and start into that one. So first day of the, the um, Kansas Teal trip, we did all right. You know, we got into birds. There wasn't a lot of birds to be had, but we did our scouting. Um, we got in there early and we did good. So the second day, um, we really weren't sure what we'd end up having. But, uh, you know, we did. We ended up fumbles came through in the clutch getting on that permission we jumped over to a little piece of private which you don't hunt private very often elliot when's the last i guess you got corn's pond but besides that yeah. is that your only place you hunt private yeah that's the only place we hunt private is corn's pond and we just hunted that um got access to that last year now traditionally farm ponds are something that uh, more in central kansas than exclusively in central kansas when we lived around there we hunted farm ponds um but corn's pond is the only private so it's very very unusual um that we're on private awesome um yeah definitely uh definitely clutch that we got that but were you guys were you guys able to you know contact him again and get kind of um permission moving forward on that or is that too personal or no no that's not too personal well let's back up for him just a little bit so we hunted day one in this place that has just been switched over from a youth marsh to regular marsh and it's just a phenomenal place we had been hunting it as youth um, for a while and just one of my very favorite prairie marshes in the whole world and right up against that pool there's private ground that actually is still part of the marsh and there was more in there than what we even knew and on day one we kept seeing these birds 
um, funnel into that area. I mean, we we shot four. What did we shoot? Twelve that first day, or yeah, I think we shot twelve the first day. Uh, but it was constant birds going over that area, and so we we're like, you know, um, we got to try to get permission to get on that property. And my dad just kind of took upon himself to try to get it done. So we figured out who owned it, and um, we were all just, I think, I don't know if we were taking naps or or what we were doing. I think we were. And um, Bumbles is out driving around his truck, going to these get the property where he thought the guy was, and happens to run into the um, stepson or the son-in-law of the owner. And so uh, basically, we didn't think we were going to be able to get on there. And then we did all our scouting, assuming we couldn't get onto this private place. And at the last second, we were all like heads were hanging. We thought we were going to have a terrible hunt, and probably about 8 30 uh get a call from fumble he's like i well, got his permission another thing we talked about yeah yeah and another thing we talked about in the meantime too was um we were even hashing out the idea of like hey should we drive like an hour and 30 minutes up to nebraska to the rainwater basin and uh i mean we were really really thinking about that with how bleak the scouting was um but you know it was just like pretty much just a, a huge lifesaver not to have to do that um and and him coming through in the clutch and the scouting there so or the, yeah the permission getting the permission there everyone was high-fiving when the when the word when the news yeah. came in that we got this place because we know the deal had been dumping <laughs> in there and i'll say before jordan goes on with the hunt um on the public land that we're in the bird per hunt average from the state report was 0.7 which is that's basically no yeah. one shooting anything i mean that's as bad as it can get yeah, didn't you tell me last year it was something like five? It's normally opening weekend, yeah, in the fives. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a great place oh, yeah. for teal. That's what I guess that's what all the rainfall will do to you. But uh, no, it was cool. We went out there, like you said, and first thing in the morning we go that out there in the dark, and we're all kind of walking around and looking for different places with water. And um, you know, we found I think we found what three different pools to kind of. Um, go and hunt and i i hadn't had a ton of experience with teal so it's a, it's a little bit harder for me to tell but i kind of went to like the general area where i thought the birds were going from where we were at kind of looking at landmarks um but then you found some other pools too and i remember we talked about it, it was like really skinny water and i was like man i don't i, I don't know if birds will use that and i'll be like oh yeah teal will use it and you're right i mean there was definitely i couldn't believe you know we had teal just buzzing all over us first thing in the morning um over there but like i said i don't have the experience kind of scouting for them i couldn't believe how skinny of water these these teal were you know able to use yeah it was definitely small i will say that you were right though because we had a disagreement i you were like well this one place looks the best i'm like no i think the other is better the reason i thought that was better i thought that the food content was just a lot higher but once i got over to the other pool which i had not seen in the daylight um, there was actually, I think, more food in there than, than what I had thought. But the the first pool where you originally were going to set up on was ended up being way better than the little smaller strip. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely birds to be had in both. So um, another thing to talk about was our group size because we we went in there with six. It was you, me, um, Wheezy, Fumbles, Golden, and uh, um, Ben. So we ended up splitting in the two groups. And we sent three over there. So it's not like we didn't hunt it. We still had three guys hunting on that pool, shooting birds. And we were on the other spot. And, uh, you know, if you would have had a gun in your hand instead of the camera, I'm sure we probably would have at least doubled, if not more, kind of the birds we yeah, shot down over there. Yeah, I think there. so. So, no, it was definitely. That was true on the whole um, weekend because honestly, if you think about it. I was yeah. just going to say, if you think about it, um, my dad and I were not shooting most of the weekend. Because he was just hanging yeah. out, and I was trying to film exclusively. We would have shot way more birds with two more guns going. Oh yeah, for sure. There's definitely, definitely um, some of those bigger flocks we could have dropped more. But um, you know, for me, it was definitely. I've never been on a teal hunt like that, and I know for you, it's not like oh the best teal hunt ever. But um, I don't know. It was just it was so much fun seeing all those birds. You know, fast flying, challenging shooting, and. Um, I still went five for 12 on the hunt. Um, you know, I had a, I, I whiffed, um, completely on the first group that came in there, all three shots. And from there it was kind of like an uphill battle to get a good shooting percentage. But I mean, over on our pool, especially cause they weren't really decoying in, they were kind of buzzing coming down low and they never finished. You know, we had one group where they were 
literally cupped in it was a big group and i and i shot a double out of that but besides that it was just really really fast flying birds um and i ended up shooting that one at like five yards where it just totally demolished it but uh it literally shot its wing off i've never shot a bird that close but <laughs> yeah it was uh, close <laughs> it was I great because believe... it was close for you but i was even closer to it because i was sitting to your right it was like yeah i can't right I can't off believe my nose you got it on camera <laughs> yeah it yeah was it was crazy <laughs> That was that was excellent camera work from you though, because you literally it was like in the center of the screen, you like jerked over and followed this dead bird splashed into the water the whole time. You're like, whoa! Yeah, probably more luck than skill, but I got it. <laughs> yeah, no, that was awesome. So, and from that yeah. hunt, your 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 shot cam footage of that that one group that just did it perfect, and there was one hovering. The shot cam footage you got of that bird was really some of the coolest. That was, I think. That was some of the coolest shot cam footage I've seen all year, that one bird. Yeah. No, the ones where you get it were like, it's like multiple birds flying in there. They're all cupped. It looks like kind of slow. And then we have, I mean, the skyline just kind of lighting up behind it. So it's almost like these duck silhouettes coming in, and, and it was really good footage. And yet you're right. Like, uh, it, it made my... uh I think my outro for like the the part one of the three part series, it made it look so cool having mm-hmm. that at the end. <laughs> yeah, I definitely dug having that footage for sure. Titus had uh, one pass that I think was very similar to that. And I think you're right. When you get like dark with a with light in the background, it just you get this cool silhouette, and man, it just makes for really really good footage. Yeah. So. Um, I guess you, you want to continue on the hunt from where we're at there now? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, like Jordan was saying, it, it was difficult shooting because the hole we had was so small, um, uh, that the birds were buzzing and, and winging off. So for you to go five for 12 on that hunt was, was, it was really, really good. Um, I think that we, I think we had about three birds and it kind of slowed down a little bit and our, the, our two groups, we were, um, within walking distance of each other. So I decided to hop up and go check out what the other group was doing and just kind of video them for a little bit because I, I only had, um, Elijah, my, my son had, he was using my shotgun and you had yours and I hadn't anticipated for some reason out of the group breaking up. I figured that I could just share with my dad, which was actually, um, kind of sucked because I was, I would have just had the GoPro up and been shooting anyway. was my plan. But uh, so I moved over there to the other group and, I was there like 10 minutes and they had two groups come in so perfectly. I mean, the, the shooting setup to this other pool was just phenomenal. And I mean, they were, they had a couple groups come right in and you guys hadn't been shooting. So I was like, let's just all get together because the day was kind of dragging on a, a little bit as far as for teal hunt, because teal hunt can shut down fast, especially if there's not a lot of birds in the area. Um, half hour, 45 minutes, it can be pretty much over. And so, and I'm glad we made that switch because although I think you probably would have shot another one where we were, you did come over and shoot two, your fourth and fifth bird. I shot one. Um, so we doubled what we had in that spot by moving um, to the, with the, with the other group. And plus we were just able to hang out and goof around a little bit. And, and I will say though, while we were over there, um, out of the three beautiful flocks that came in, there was something that just screwed up each one where we only knocked like four birds out of those three groups and with that many guns we probably should have put seven to ten birds on the water uh, you didn't see the other two no one got them on video because we were kind of standing around and everything but i mean easy e- the one group in particular is like two birds landed another group of three or four teal kind of hovered around they went and landed and it was just like with four guns it would have just been a bloodbath so we didn't make the best of those opportunities, but I really wanted you to get your first Kansas teal limit and got you one away from it. So it, yeah. it was a good hunt. No, I it was a it. very fun hunt. I sh- yeah. No, and I did get a sixth bird though with a dove. So. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. But, <laughs> yeah. So almost, almost. That was there, extremely yeah, impressive um, because that dove. Ca- yeah. Keep going. Okay, we're stumbling all over each other a little bit, but um, that dove came to the back of us, and you had to like pop out, clear to to get around Aiden to make that shot. You almost had to take, I'd say, three or four steps around Aiden to get that shot off, and that that was a really impressive shot. Oh, thanks. Yeah, and it was a 
yeah no that was cool getting that dove in there so <laughs> one shot one kill on that um but yeah i guess to kind of wrap it up over there yeah we moved over there and literally as soon as i got over there it's like you said um i had i didn't have time to get like set up with you guys i was behind everybody um you know i set my camera down i staked it into the ground right there and like knelt down and as i did that um this big group of i don't even know 10 to 15 teal came buzzing right into the decoys and i stood up and popped one as they kind of flared off to the side because i had to wait till they're kind of getting out so i only got one shot on that group but yeah no um definitely an awesome hunt right there for sure i do wonder on that group what would have happened if we had given it another swing I don't know who called it. I might so? want to call it, but I, I wonder, I mean, those teal will, will, especially bigger groups, they will circle around a couple times before they drop in. I just wonder, it's hard to pass it up because you're, you're asking yourself to pass up a 20 yard shot, you know, uh, when they're coming right into the decoys, but man, settling. Cause I think there was at least, what do you think? 15 birds in that, in that group, maybe. Yeah probably something like that if you get those birds to settle into the decoys that's that's a way different experience than you know popping them zipping through at 20 but it was a quality quality shot i, I just was wondering in my mind afterwards like what if we had let that pass go yeah you know? yeah i'm not i'm not sure for sure because i don't i don't do the till hunting a lot but i mean for me they seemed like they were right in the decoys because they buzzed in like almost at mojo height and then and swung out so i don't know well they the did come I, right there's the a difference between into the decoys and actually settling into the decoys you know because once they if they're yep. when they yes, come through sure. the decoys like that you're gonna have to really shoot well to shoot a double if they settle into the decoys and they say three or four of them actually land it's like you feel bad if you don't shoot a double you know yeah that's true so yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up that hunt though. Anything else you want to add to that? I don't think so. Um, just the weekend, it, it, well, I'll say this, for a Kansas teal hunt in this area, it was a very mediocre, I would say, you. Uh, it's hard to gauge because we don't ever hunt with five or six guys, but you know, normally we averaged about 2.3 birds per hunt each hunt. Probably should have been more like three because we had two shooters, not really shooting so you know normally the average out there is five plus so i'd say it was probably a little bit below par as far as hunts but anytime those kind of hunts are below par it, it just speaks to how good that area is you know because those were great hunts mm -hmm. they were really fun yeah so yeah i guess meanwhile let's, let's jump to the the next part so the meanwhile um i head back home to indiana and by the time i'm getting there i have to go to the er so <laughs> definitely I, I, the first time i heard about that i didn't hear about that until that night how, how, what was the symptoms you it was funny because yeah. well, i don't know if it was funny but you said that you had been um <laughs> feeling some pain the day before and as I was watching my editing video, I saw you kind of shifting around on your stool, and I just kind of thought, oh, I bet he was hurting right there. <laughs> yeah, no, so, like, I guess we're going to have to jump a little bit back to, to kind of get that. But um, So I had, I had uh, the same thing last year, right? Um, I'm sure you remember that. And uh, from that... Um, even like later on in the year, I went back and like got another CAT scan because I'm like, hey, this thing's not gone. And they, they looked at the CAT scan. Oh, it's just scar tissue. Like, oh, it's fine. It's just scar tissue. I'm like, okay, whatever you say. But um, so it was like periodically, all, all every once in a while, I'd be like, man, this, this is getting really sore. It's like hurting. Um, and I'm like, ah, oh, it's just scar tissue. Ah, oh, it's just scar tissue. <laughs> so that's what I was telling myself the whole time we're there. I'm like, man, like. Um, like I, this is just, it's just scar tissue. It's just scar tissue. But I was in like, I was in some, I don't know, a lot of discomfort, I guess is the best way to put it. Like, but I just thought it was discomfort. Like, I don't know. It was scar tissue and it was from like having kind of elevated activity from what I'm normally used to. Cause we're just jumping into duck season and all that kind of stuff. So I just kept telling myself it was scar tissue, but, it, um, 
it wasn't. So <laughs> we're driving home and I, it was all I could do to drive home. And, um, you know, I just, I told my wife, I'm like, I don't know what I'm gonna have to do, but, um, you know, we just, I'm just like, we just gotta make it home. So made it home. Um, first thing in the morning, I called the surgeon. I'm like, Hey, like I, I've got some issues going on, um, with this infection from last year. Uh, I need to get in there. And they said, okay, well we can see you, um, October 2nd, which is, which is today, but that was, <laughs> you know, more than two weeks ago at this point. So like two and a half weeks. I'm like, that's not going to cut it. Like I can't make it two and a half weeks. And, um, they're like, well, we're, we're too busy. Um, you're going to have to go to your family doctor and get, um, what do they call it? Refer, they get referred to another surgeon. So I'm like, okay, whatever. And just, so I call my family doctor and they, um, they're like, oh, we're, we got all, we're all booked up today. I'm like, I need to see somebody like any way you can squeeze me in. And they're like, all right, we can get you in at like 10 30. And by this time, like I'm in like excruciating pain, like, like kill over and die. Like pain. Like it's just like awful. And I had like a, um, like 102 fever and you know, just the, the affections like coursing through my body and, and like nobody will help me. I'm like, <laughs> so finally I get to the doctor at like at 1130 and they, they look at me for like a minute and they're like, you need to go to the ER. I'm like, all right, wow. <laughs> let's go. So, so yeah, I went straight to the ER from there and then I get to the ER and you wouldn't believe it. Like literally the pay- place is packed. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> so you go inside and you like look around the room and you kind of like, I feel like everybody's kind of like sizing up everybody. You walk in there like everyone's like, ah, oh, I'm more hurt than you're hurt. You like this got this one guy and he's like holding this cloth over his like eye. That's like gouged out or something. I have no idea, but he's got like this cloth over his eye and he's like staring me down. Like, and then, you know, look over there and there's a lady in this chair and she's just like rolling around in agony. And, oh my gosh. and I feel like, I feel like everybody in there is like just like sizing up everybody to see who's hurt the most or something. I'm not sure, but, um, yeah. So eventually, so literally I had to sit there for two hours before they saw me. So they, they finally got, got to me and the whole time I'm just like in pain and like, um, they finally see me, they take me back to get my, my, uh, like weight and heart pressure or whatever, what do they call that? Not heart pressure, but <laughs> Uh, blood pressure (laughs) and all that kind of stuff and um yeah they're like all right like um you need to be seen like now we're putting you in fast track you're skipped ahead of everybody else and you're next up i'm like yes thank you finally and um and then no joke an ambulance pulls up like while i'm waiting so they just like cut in front of me too i'm like you gotta be kidding me so it just it literally was like three hours once i got to the er so from like eight in the morning to when i finally got to see somebody it was like five at night so it was it was a super long terrible day (laughs) but um but yeah so went and had surgery and all that fun stuff and so what your surgery was the same day then good to go i guess yep how long did the surgery take so and it was actually the surgeon it was the surgeon i called too that morning (laughs) that wouldn't see you (laughs) yeah (laughs) she was on call so she did my surgery anyway Oh my gosh! So then, take that surgeon. I don't know. <laughs> they then they shut your hunting down, right? Yeah. So here's a pro tip: um, don't ask the doctor, and don't ask the doctor when your wife's in there if you can hunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good tip. <laughs> there's your pro. There's there's your pro tips. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what all hunting have you missed from this exactly? Well, you know, I had the plan for the opener, um, chasing the opener. So I think it was lucky it happened on a Monday, right? Because then that gives you all those days during the week. But, um, yeah, I was supposed to go for the opener up in UP um, with Zach. And he's one of the subscribers and followers and listeners. And um, I don't think he's on here tonight with us. But, um, yeah, he's always following all the content. And so I was super pumped for that one, especially getting up there super early September 18th but they had an awesome hunt without me um shot a bunch of birds like, oh. i think it was like two of them and they got 11 and a banded mallard and <laughs> oh man i was like man the flood i wanted to miss but <laughs> oh well can't win them all so i missed that one and um but yeah so pretty much just that weekend of trips and then 
Um, I probably shouldn't have gone. Well, I shouldn't say probably shouldn't have gone. Um, I don't know. They, they told me I couldn't like be in the marsh or whatever, open wound and, and getting sick or something. I don't even know. But uh, so that weekend, that next weekend, I went to um, go fly fishing. It was like, you know, in a clean river or whatever. I felt like that was pretty safe and not as you're not worried about like tipping over your canoe in the middle of a marsh and not being able to get out. Um, it was just like, you know, uh, wading around in waist deep water with waders on. So I felt like I was good to go for that. But um, I don't know. It was like torture because I was like, I guess that was two weeks of not being able to do anything. So, you know, I don't know. I like to go. And so sitting there and being stuck doing nothing was pretty rough. I have not even talked to you about this massive fish that you caught. Are you making a video of that? Um, yeah, come out tomorrow. Sweet. Do you want to do you want to tell a little bit about it? I'm kind of that was a monster. Yeah, sure. I guess we can jump to that. Um, but yeah. So, the my favorite trip every year, well, not one of my favorite trips every year is doing the salmon video or doing the salmon trip. This we go out there probably just like once a year usually and usually it's me and my dad and hunters have been starting to come as well um and so yeah we went out there and luke one of his buddies did too but um i don't know actually i kind of stumbled along uh, across this place that's in the manistee national forest um and I, i never call it what it is because i don't want people to know where it's at but a local in the area took me there one time and um it's just whenever you find a place like that you're just super pumped about it and ever since then i've just just been like my main fishery this was like six years ago now maybe five years something like that but uh um i mean you'll just wait wait till you see the footage i mean you've seen some of these videos before but we just go out there i mean we didn't see another person all day where we hiked out to um and fished and it's just like the salmon run was on and so we got these huge i mean they're originally ocean fish they they, uh they go from the lake michigan though um the great lakes over there so they're coming out of lake michigan they travel all the way up there to to spawn and die pretty much but you got these huge ocean fish i mean we're talking like 30 pound fish um so the one i caught wasn't even big by those standards um and we're in this this river and like we're standing there in like shin deep water and these fish like their tails are coming out of the water when they're going across the the rocks to get through there and it's just this huge fish you're in this beautiful area and so i don't know it's just for me it's it's seriously one of my favorite things to do one of my favorite trips to go on i mean you know obviously duck hunting's um by far my my biggest passion but to do this kind of like one-off trip man i mean you just haven't experienced it till you get out and do something like that um and i know we got some michigan guys in here so they know exactly what i'm talking about but elliot you got to come up sometime and try this. So, <laughs> I would like to. How many? How many did you catch? That was the only one. See, that's the other thing. So, like, it's it's not a traveled river, right? So there's just down logs everywhere. So you don't have very long to play them, and they're so strong. I mean, they literally can just they just pull your drag like it's nothing. If you don't have your drag step set, they snap your line. So you have to tear, you have to tire them out. Like I don't know if I've ever caught one that wasn't, you know, at least like a five-minute um, battle, and I've had up to like twenty-minute battles with them, you know. Um, <laughs> so you have long, long, drawn-out battles with them, and every time you go to net them, they just get this burst of energy, and they just run, run up the river, just speed away from you. Then you got to work them back in there and tire them out, and um i had one where it got it literally uh, i was fighting it and it was my longest battle all day and uh at the end of the battle it kind of got real close to the bank and i was pulling it back and my line got wrapped around the roots and the fish ended up turning sideways in the roots of the river and um i get over to it you know i'm reeling in because i could feel it was stuck it wasn't coming i thought oh maybe my hook came out and got stuck in the root but hoping the fish was still attached but i get up there and the fish is still attached and my line's still attached, and I grab it by the tail. I literally have it in my hand, and I'm trying to pull up this, like, 25-pound fish and uh, <laughs> with the line and the tail. And as soon as I freed it from the roots, it just ripped out of my hand, snapped my line that was in my other hands. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. So, no, huh. it's, super, it's super awesome. Wow. Yeah, you I gotta would get certainly, up there for sure. I would certainly love to love to do that that those videos are awesome and even if even if i caught one that's like a lifetime fish for me if i caught one of those man 
Yeah. Are no, you fly fishing? And like the way we do it, yeah, we're fly fishing too. So it's easier with spinning gear, but we only fly fish um, just because a lot of the sections you only can fly fish. Um, so that's just what we're set up for. That's what we got everything rigged up for. And there's just something about fly fishing that's kind of like, I don't know. Um, cause for me, it's really not about like catching like huge numbers of fish, man. I'm just out there. Um, I like to tie my own flies and all kinds of stuff. So it's just, I don't know how to explain it. Um, but for me, fly fishing is part of the deal. So, I mean, other people do it with a spinning gear and there's nothing wrong with that. That's cool too. Um, but that's just the way I do it. But you, if you came with me, you can do either one cause you probably don't know how to fly fish. So we get you no. set up with spinning gear and you'd be fine. Would you land a lot more higher percent with spinning gear? You think? yeah for sure huh. it's just you can like really horse them you know with with the spinning gear a lot more yeah 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 it's, i can't wait so to there's do definitely that. things you can't fun. do with spinning gear but i don't want to get too technical on this but yeah well i'm yeah. definitely that, no. that, that, that if i came really up there that's what i want to come up there for, for. so the cool trip awesome. hey well if you come at the right time you can get a michigan license and you can do like i don't know like honkers or ducks in the morning and then swing over there and get some salmon so <laughs> yep just be gotta awesome. become full-time summer elliot <laughs> <laughs> or just save up your vacation days to go visit your good old buddy podcaster co-host jordan <laughs> uh, we'll have to look at the schedule and see when we can make something like that Alrighty. happen i definitely want to come up there okay i'll pencil you in for next year <laughs> we'll look at the schedule right. <laughs> so getting get um, me to give up a yeah, central kansas hunt would be tough probably that's true that'd be tough so um yeah i guess let's jump to the next thing on here um i guess tell us about your your hunts from last weekend then okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna breeze past the skunk hunt that i had real fast fumbles and i went out um didn't even see a bird we were trying to hunt an afternoon north wind and this was the weekend after the opener and it was just you know we saw some pelicans but i didn't even see a single duck so not even really worth discussing that much it was not a lot of fun but i was with my dad and saw some cool things so moved away from that so um here in kansas and most places we get three two weeks of teal season and three weekends so this past weekend was the end saturday and sunday last two days of of the teal season and kansas this year has been i've never ever seen a year a year like this where you know there's no not even half as many birds on the opener and then from that point on from day one of the opener it has just been an absolute struggle um, for teal hunting in Kansas. Now, I'm sure there's are some people that are shooting him and shooting birds in Kansas. You can find some pockets of birds, and and some people can get a limit. What? But as far as just the general rule of Kansas this teal season is that it has been terrible, and it has been just the birds are not moving in. the The consensus from everyone I've talked to is that um, from Lower North Dakota, clear down into Nebraska and the Rainwater Basin, the habitat is so phenomenal. They have so much water. That it's like I was told by um, Phil Conkey, um, um Banded, that it's basically like one entire stretch of moist soil vegetation from lower North Dakota clear into Nebraska. So getting these birds to move is just, I mean, normally the general rule in Kansas during teal season is when there's a north wind you pick up new birds doesn't have to be a massive cold front any little north wind will will start sweeping them down this year it's just it doesn't matter now we have had a very unusually hot september so if you take the hot september plus all the habitat up in nebraska and the dakotas it's just been a recipe for a really really bad teal season and something really interesting i talked to my um, biologist buddy that um, is in charge of the area that we hunt and he said he went to a meeting with a bunch of wildlife guys and everything and they've done a lot of data collection and what they're saying is the majority of the birds killed in Kansas this teal season have been male adults and I, I did not know this at all apparently when teal migrate the adult males go first and then trailing behind them are the females and the fledglings or the yearlings 
which I had no idea that's how they migrated. And all the grand, the vast majority of the teal killed in Kansas have been the male adults. So we are still on um, the majority of the, all the blue wings are to the north of Kansas still, and we're in October. I mean, that's just unheard of. By now, we should start beginning um, lots of green wings, gadwalls, the pintails should be coming in, um, widgeon. I mean, we should be getting a really nice mix of ducks, and it's just not happening. It's just not happening yet. So um, that leading into this weekend, we had one more weekend, and I had this trip scheduled, and the central part of the state is just so much better than the eastern part of the state that I live on. So we decided, you know what, we're going to make this trip. It's going to be my dad. Aiden and myself, and we're just going to drive down there. We're going to camp out. We're going to have a great time. I was kind of like, if we can shoot a couple birds each, you know, that's kind of was the expectation. Um, it just really set really low standards for this time of year. So my dad and I get down there. We set up camp and everything, and we have an hour and a half to two hours of scouting. And we scouted that entire place from the truck. And you can scout pretty well this place from the truck. Um, and in all that scout, we saw one little pocket of 15 teal. We saw a group of like five flying through and then one, I mean, it was virtually just barren of ducks, just no ducks at all. And so, um, we're just like, this is going to be terrible. I mean, this is just going to be absolutely awful. Um, so we went out in the morning and we set up. Um, now we did have a north wind blowing, so our only hope was okay. Maybe this is the one where the north wind, north wind sets up. And actually, late before, late in the in the night on Friday, we had someone we know stop by our tent and and they stop by our camp, and he said, um, you know, I was over kind of in that area this morning, and I saw this little creek where they were going down on, and there was some going in there, and we hadn't scouted or anything, but we completely trust this guy. So we're like, you know what? We don't have anything better. We no way we would have hunted this spot. Let's just go in there and give it a shot and see and see what happens. And um, so in the morning we went to that place. The habitat didn't look that great once we got in there. And um, I was at that point I was like, I don't think we're gonna shoot anything. But the first 45 minutes, once when sun started coming up, you know, we had a group of five come in, drop in. The action was actually really, really good. I mean, that first 45 minutes. So my dad was just filming, and Aiden and I were able to shoot 11 of our 12 limit in that first 45 minutes, and then it just completely died down. But the shots we were getting, I don't know if you could tell in the video, I think you could. The shots we were getting were, like, too close. We set the spinner up at 15 we should have yards. We should have set it up at 20 or 22. These birds were landing inside of 15. You know, we're all blasting boss <laughs> shot shells at them. I mean, and it was like, I've never been on a hunt where it's like heads blown off, completely breasted out birds. And, and uh, we started joking around, we're like, boss shot shells, when killing them's not enough, you know? It was like, <laughs> it was mayhem, man. It was crazy. But the action was phenomenal. It was yeah. really in tight and close. And so, um, we soon after made a shift, went and hunted one little other place. We saw some birds going down to Aiden shot his 12th. And so we were done with, with a limit. But the great, the great thing about this hunt is we were camping that day. So we had nowhere to go. We had nothing to do. This was by far the coldest day of the year with this North wind just blowing and, and the feeling of just complete relaxation. It was just, in fact, I named the video, um, chasing that chasing that feeling i think is what i named it because it's like i mentioned on the video it's like how i feel right now is why i duck hunt i achieving the feeling of like total satisfaction peace cool weather calm breeze your buddies around you nowhere to go no stresses to worry about and i realized it on that hunt it was like i don't think i ever realized on a different hunt like this one i was like right this feeling i have right this moment is why I duck hunt. And I'm always chasing this emotional feeling that I have right now. It was so clear to me. That's why I named the video Chase Chasing um, This Feeling or something like that because it was just never more clear to me. It's like right now the emotional state I'm in of peace is the reason I do this. So it was just a phenomenal, phenomenal day all the way around. Awesome. Yeah, no, it was uh, definitely a cool hunt to watch and I was happy for you guys after your struggles and and that's probably another reason you felt that feeling you know the lack of it yeah. kind of the other hunts where you know it was more of a struggle and this one just you know you guys got in the right spot and 
the birds came to you and you, you just, you know, had everything come together. I truly believe that you cannot obtain the feeling I had if you don't have hunts where you get skunked. If you're hunting some big lease where you're shooting limits every day, I don't think that you can ever achieve the level of gratification that us public duck hunters get because you're going to get skunked some days. You might have a run of it, um, of getting skunked. And when you mm-hmm. finally get into them and have that hunt, you can't match that emotion, I don't think, on a lease where you're just pounding them all the time. Yep. No, for sure. Definitely agree on that. Well, I think that covers the hunts. Um, I guess let's talk about what we got planned coming up. So I know you got you got some some cool spots you're going to be looking into this next week. I yes, I'm so excited about this place I found, and I don't even want to go into it that much. I want to be careful what I say um, on the air about it, just in case people know where I live or whatever. But I have basically found a marsh. I didn't know it was there. It's like 1,600 acres. It's, wow. I don't know why the state doesn't even talk about this place. I went and searched it online. I could find a couple of little pieces of information about it. You go to it. There's no signs there. It's like, it's like I don't know who's hunting it or what, but it's like the state's like, you know, we're going to make this thing. We're not going to tell anyone about it. You go to the state website. It just says this place doesn't even <laughs> exist online. And uh, it's 15 minutes from my house. And... There's four or five pools on. I know it's it's nuts. There's four or five pools on this complex that are so hard to get to and hidden. It's just now I've never shot a duck there, but I know people that have, and I am just crossing my fingers that this place can be my new place, my new number one place in this area. Um, I know that it'll be great sometimes. I know that it'll be dry sometimes. I know that it'll be flooded sometimes, but when it's good, and this year the conditions seem to be pretty, pretty right for it. They've planted millet in it, and so my dad and I are going to do a full-on scout of it on Saturday. I scouted it pretty decent the one time I was out, but to really scout it, you need kayaks and and um, time because it's big and hard to move around in. So we're going to just get in there and explore like crazy. Then the next, and then two weekends later is the youth hunt there. I'm hoping to take Elijah, but yeah, I'm really, I've never been more excited about a scout than I am on this place. Awesome. But yeah, I guess um, for me, I'm going, I got plans to hunt, um, you know, starting the, the chasing the opener series, which, you know, was supposed to start in the UP, but you know, better late than never. So we're going to central zone and um, actually uh new guy's coming with me. He's a, uh, um, started working with the guys there at the shop. So he's an avid duck hunter, and he, he grew up in central Indiana then moved to South Carolina. But uh, he's rearing to go to get on some ducks. So um, should be pretty fun going out there with him. Um, and then I said I said it earlier, but meeting up with Ryan again, he's the guy who um, had me up there to hunt teal out there in the Michigan marsh. So we're actually going to go back to that same spot um, out there, and it's just a huge marsh tons of duck food and i got really high hopes as far as i mean i think for sure we'll shoot like you never should say that but i think we'll have a lot of wood ducks in there and um maybe even some teal left but uh um, we definitely had big ducks in there as well so it's going to be cool kind of to get out there and kind of see what what's up with that but um we're going to be camping doing the whole thing so i'll definitely be able to make kind of like a three-part series for the videos on that um but another cool thing, so we were trying to figure out real hard, like, what the situation should be for boats. And originally, we're like, the guys got a camper, too. We're like, ah, oh, we'll take the camper. But they're like, ah, oh, well, how are we going to take, you know, two kayaks or, you know, a kayak and a canoe? Or, um, like, how are we going to get our boats out there? And they're like, ah, oh, shoot, we can't bring the camper. Um, well, anyways, we kept trying to scheme and figure out how we could get two boats because we both got dogs. This is going to be two guys, two dogs, and all our gear. It's kind of hard figuring out exactly what we want to do for getting out there. Um, but I had the idea and I'm like, man, what if I ask, uh, Tim, my boss at work, if I can borrow his duck boat? And I'm like, kind of like, ah, I don't want to ask that. It seems like a lot to ask of somebody, but <laughs> you know, I go up to him today. I'm like, so what would you say if I asked if I could borrow your, uh, your duck boat this weekend? 
And he's like, well, I guess I would say that's all right. And I'm like, <laughs> nice. You're your big duck boat with the mud motor. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it's uh, it's not doing any good sitting in the garage. I'm like, all right, awesome. And I so didn't know he had one. We're taking that out there. And well, it's it's the one we've took with, um, you know, Hunter. And we've taken in some videos where it's got the long, the long tail. I don't recall. I guess I'm forgetting. Foot. Yeah, it's on some of like the earlier goose hunt videos, uh, but we don't use it a lot. So, I mean, mostly because we hunt a lot of private where you just walk in and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I hunt a lot of public on my own going out there in the river because I don't have private spots, and I just take the canoe with Chief. Well, anyways, like in this spot, it's like a huge marsh. Um, it's going to save us so much time and energy, and we really don't even know where we want to go. And so, um, you know, you're kind of set in stone when you just canoe out there, and you're like, ah, we've already canoed for... 40 minutes we can't canoe for another 30 just to go to get to another spot and say nah this isn't good either so yeah um i don't know it's going to be a lot of kind of just winging it but i'm really you know i love that kind of stuff and adventure i hope that we can get in a spot where we just get in some decent ducks and you know get a good scout on it and make a good plan and go out there for sunday as well so definitely excited about that and um excited to hunt with two dogs to kind of you know um, hunting with my buddy and his dog and chief as well and then getting out there with the mud motor and all that so it's definitely gonna be a lot of fun um you know and, and seeing the guys we're actually gonna have a little duck cookout um in the evening after we get back with um ryan and some of his buds as well so should be that should be, be a fun. good time yeah that'll be a lot of fun i love it when you mix in camping with hunting yeah no it's just it should be really good. So one of my favorite things too. So. And you think those videos will All start right, coming well, out next week? Yeah, I think, you know, kind of getting into the content creation side of things. But um, when you have something every single weekend, as far as like hunts plan, like we have, like you have, and I have, um, you almost have to get them out that week, you know? Um, so for me, it's just putting out as pushing, putting in as much time to get the videos edited, get the podcast put out, get that edited and everything out the door and out there for, uh, you know, everybody to watch and you guys to watch them, um, you know, that week of, and then you just do that, you know, kind of repeat, rinse and repeat next week. I go out there and usually I'm packing Thursday and Friday. So hopefully I get all my content done before that, but it's, uh, it gets on a grind when you got to do all that um which you know we love it that's why you and me do it elliot but we love it and we love putting it out for all you guys um so not complaining there but it's definitely a grind you know um it's a a good a good kind of hustle but um you know that's the the way that we got to do it to keep it rolling every week yeah i want to mention one thing that you just made me think of i just received we talk about comments on our channels and stuff from time to time and i just received a comment from someone that was like, you know what? I really liked your old videos better. Um, I just not a big fan of people pushing product because every episode now I'm talking about freelance hunt stats and, um, you know, I'm trying to nicely put a comment back to him because people don't fully understand how many hours we put in to all of this. I mean, you were talking sometimes how you're working 70 hours a week. Now, some of that is your, HDR and and um, but that's still a lot of your HDR is still waterfowl content you know and um, between the podcast and and the, the two hoping to get three videos a week I don't think people quite gather the amount of time and effort it takes to get all of this content out it's hours and hours of our lives most nights when I come home I'm like man I got I got to work on some editing it's a big sacrifice now it's fun to do. You love it. I love it. I wouldn't not want to do it, but that doesn't mean it's not a sacrifice at the same time. And, you know, some of the, some of the people I think, especially in the YouTube viewers just kind of take it for granted. I mean, you know, here they are sitting watching free content and we're putting hours and hours to put it out. And yeah, maybe I spent a minute talking about freelance sunstats or something, you know, um, it just takes a lot of time and to expect us as creators to not try to get something back from it to me is, I don't know what the right word for it is. I think it's a massive misunderstanding. I think of how much time this all takes for us, I guess you have any comments on that. 
Yeah, no, I definitely agree, kind of. Um, and, and not to mention, um, you know, the, the gear and all that stuff. We're always upgrading our gear and software and hardware and um, all that. You know, it, it does take some money, kind of. I mean, we're a production crew ourselves, so it's time and money. Um, and so we definitely appreciate, you know, uh, our viewers and listeners who who are on board with that, you know, and support us and help us out with all that. And, um, you know, I do think it's kind of a minority and you do get those kind of people who, um, will say things like that. And, um, you know, it just made means so much more with the other guys who understand that, you know, we're trying to keep the lights on and, um, trying to keep our gear relevant and our content relevant. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's just part of, part of, um, how it has to be. Yeah. And this guy was very nice about it. He wasn't condescending or mean or anything. And, and it's just, you know, um, it takes a lot. It does take a lot of money input. It really, really, really does. And a lot of time input too. And, and although we, we love doing it and, and we really appreciate those of you that listen to the podcast and, and watch the YouTube channels and leave positive comments, it, it means a great, great deal um, when someone contacts me and just says, you know, thank you for making these videos. I really keep them going. You know, it means a lot. I mean, it means a great deal. So I, we appreciate you oh, yeah. guys very much. Yeah, no, yeah, I think that's a good way to put it for sure. So, um, but yeah. All right. Well, anything else you want to add, Elliot? I don't think so. Um, but yeah, definitely let's, uh, you know, going into the next week we both got some stuff going on so um good luck to you out in the scouting and um hopefully you know i do some well in the michigan waterfowl as well but i think that's all we got for today so signing out i'm jordan from duck gun chronicles elliot from freelance duck hunting and we'll see you guys on the next one